You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 113th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast, coming to you live from the Northeast Kingdom in Vermont. I'm Tim. Hey, I'm Matt, also in the Northeast Kingdom in Vermont. And this is Spencer Howe in Boston. I'm in East Burke, Vermont as well. Um, Tonight, we are all in the same place at the same time. Busting out that monster milk. This is a special occasion. Because you're drinking a special special commemorative East Burke, Mm -hmm. won by uh, one of our uh, housemates this weekend, uh, Monster Monster Milk. uh, He won it at Narweasels. He did. So podium and to- podium third third. So this Low is only man on the totem pole. This is only the second podcast that though. we've ever done with all three people in the same room. Last time was really awkward because it was our live show at the Richmond World Championships where we saw Peter Sagan win. And today we were busy mountain biking and not watching Peter Sagan win the yellow jersey at the Tour de France. Well, some of us saw it briefly, but yes, briefly. And we he had some sweet podium shoes. Google them. World Championship stripes. So lots to discuss, you know, obviously Tour de France, Velo Games, we have a sweet new Premlap sponsor from Michelin Bicycle Tires, which is awesome, but we need to start with the biggest news in the world right now, and that's Floyd Landis is back with the greatest Twitter account in the history. The biggest news in the world? It's pretty big. Did you see his first tweet? No. His first, first tweet. Well, I'm I'm not going to butcher the first tweet, but the second tweet was definitely like, hey, anybody with the USA cycling license gets good. 15% off. That was yeah. pretty great. I did see that. So that was pretty awesome. He's a bit of a genius. He is. Now he's following six people. At six. first, he was only following Dave Zabriskie. So what... No, this is... I asked you this earlier, and you didn't have an answer for me. Do you know what Dave Zabriskie's up to now? I no? think Dave Zabriskie is... Um, Working as the creative director for Floyd's of Le- Leadville. Is it called Floyd's? It's of called Leadville? Floyd's of Leadville, and it's a, club, it's, a it. it's a it's a marijuana <laughs> supply shop where they sell like club the saver. they sell like extract and stuff for your vape pens, so you yeah. can like go yeah. vape, bro. Now does but he grow his own, or is this? I like think he years? contracts. He contracts. Okay. Now his very first tweet was, "Thank you to everyone for the support. I'm happy to finally be involved in a legitimate industry." Which That's may be the greatest way to start. That's yeah. true. Um, he but he followed that. But he followed that up with the fifteen percent discount if you show your USA Cycling license. Um, now, he's a genius. Now, Louisville Foam Party, the Twitter account, did tweet at him and saying, "Hey, you should totally sponsor us." And he said, "We don't know what that is, but it seems like something we should sponsor." Mm-hmm. So maybe we can get him to also sponsor the podcast. I don't know. That'd be great. I want an interview with uh, with Landis. This could be pretty good. That'd be great. Since most of this podcast has never been near weed, yeah, it'd be yeah, great I mean, that we were that we were we were Landis, wrapping the weeds. Yeah, but Landis it, would be the, our biggest uh, podcast interview by far. You know, until we get 
Georgian Cappy on here. Yeah, no, that'd be pretty good. Um, we should we should Cappy. say that like while Landis was doing his thing and making news about selling um, pot, apparently, the other big news, well, other big news was that the Cycling Academy team cleaned up at the Tour de Hungary. And even Dan from Nam was on the podium with a podium bike and totally tweets out, "Hey, the Slow Ride Podcast guys, look, you know, look at this podium bike while they're all up there, yeah, he looking did it for resplendent." Us. And while we appreciate the gesture, we know it was a little, you know. Yeah, I I think like I said, bottle duty. You know, like he deserves some bottle duty yeah. for at least the next couple of races. He's got to make some mix. So that's like the you know the. The news that and we can get through quick. Everybody loves a prankster until he's got to do bottle duty. <laughs> and then we got Velo Games. Uh-huh. Lots to discuss on Velo Games. But first off, I think we right away need to say that we have the um, greatest team name so far, I think, of, in the history of Velo Games. And we like to, re- you know, review these for people. Oh, we, is it? Is it You Only Live Once? Because that, that one was pretty oh, good. Oh, that's pretty good. Because I thought it just said... You know, well, Bell Biv DeVolder was pretty good too. That's, that's, really good. that's Alex think, Kinney. I think my personal favorite really was Domestique Partnership. Yeah. That was really uh, That's pretty those, good too. I mean, I didn't know there was that many team names. Bell Biv DeVolder might be better. I think that was good. <laughs> I hadn't seen that one. But I do I do agree with you. I know I know where you're going with this favorite one. Now, Tim Hayes, number one fan, also pretty good. Someone uh, did uh, put that one no, out there. That seems kind of pandering, um, pandering. I know your mom was allowed to play. <laughs> I thought we had a no family rule. We have some, uh, oh man, we have some pretty good teenagers. We have the uh, the well, Fab's last lap dance party, or the F- Fab's last lap dance. Fab's last. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. Very funny. Five um, you know, it, there's a lot of good stuff, but by far the best team name was Raspberry Bardet. Um, probably my favorite. So um, good. Even though the Jurage Sagan's development time. team was pretty good, but Raspberry Bardet. And so I'm just good. looking to see who exactly by, uh, that was, but Proganti team. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. So Velo Games is off the front, and you know, little guy. Am I, I on there? Cause you, so I'm I, looking and I I'm scrolling out, down to see where your team I is. I filled out my team at about 11:50 on uh, Friday night. Um, no, you're you're on here. You're just on all the way phone, at the bottom. And Tim gave me the code. I said, Tim, what's the code again? And he gave me the code. And so I was a little worried that maybe he gave me a fake code, signed me up for a different league. So he was scared about the quality team I had assembled in moments. Um, if, if you turned the code upside down on a calculator, did it say, like, did it spell out a word? Like, it, sa- it told me junior, I should have picked Sagan. Junior like, high Shit, school. why didn't oh. I pick Sagan? Oh, man. I'm looking, little guy, I'm still just, like, strolling down here, so maybe you just don't have that many points. I probably Raspberry Bardet was brought to points. us by Follow Adam, so thank you, Follow Adam, for that. Oh, you think that was sexy, now, Adam? Cause now, little guy, nobody could pass all I noticed anyway. on your team, when you showed us your team, was that you had a sprinter that you had to begrudgingly pick, Bryce Cowcard. I had um, two sprinters. How did that I work out for you? Kittle. I also picked Kittle. Yeah, how'd that work out for you, too? And you got second, so that's not too bad. He got second on the first stage to the Manx Missile. Um, Can we talk about the Manx Missile? Let's what? talk about the Manx Missile. Did any of you see that coming? That he'd win? No, because no. I don't remember the last time he I thought he would have dropped out. I thought he was going to drop out 20 kilometers in just to get ready for the Olympics, and then all of a sudden he wins, and he gets a yellow jersey, which was awesome. Now, does that mean he's on, like, on trajectory for... Is the missile on trajectory, on target for Rio? Well... With all the, with all, at least, 
us talking with all the World War Two references with yeah. the finish on Utah Beach and a British rider going up against some German riders. Yeah. Um, it might be uh, sort of like an unsophisticated World War Two era missile. We might not know where it's going. It might just okay. be sort of random. I have no idea because it's the track and who the hell. Now that was, I thought it was pretty telling that Germans got beat on Utah Beach again with uh, <sighs> Mark Cavendish just tearing time. it up. Yeah. Do you think that was? Do you think cycling is turning into WWE? Do you think this is scripted out a little bit? It's pre definitely predetermined, you know. Um, no. Yeah. Like that way... just made so much sense. Like who's the highest bidder? Okay, Cav. All right, we're gonna write you into the script. How could how could Cav be the highest bidder? Because you know that quick step money <laughs> is the that's the money. They do have the deep pockets. That's the, true. The Kittle, they would have more money for Kittle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was scripted. I also didn't uh, watch it. But then, on, on, on the other but then on stage two, you get Sagan winning, and that's that's like pretty uh, world champ. Yeah, you know, it's great. like on the rainy day, with the slight uphill finish, like that's pretty scripted as well. well I don't know. You, I'm starting so to fear. If you watch the sprint, it's not scripted as much as Sagan is toying with them because he ends up in a position where he's going to have to lead out the sprint with what, like 500 meters to go or something, mm -hmm. and he he doesn't. He, he sort of looks around, he gets boxed in and gets pushed back to, like, fifth wheel. And then when everybody else opens, he goes, okay, cool, fine, my turn. And he just flies past Alaphilippe. Like, he he yeah. looked like he ruined it, but he's so much more powerful than everybody Sagan else. Sagan looked pretty good, and it was a sweet victory for him. He just was, like, waiting. But he was, Cavendish he taking the yellow jersey was pretty awesome. So I'm just not that excited about the Cavendish. Well, we got a moth. We got a really... Whoa, we got a really huge moth here. Oh, uh, you know, it's, uh, when right. you're up in the kingdom, anything can happen. This is the sort of thing um, that happens. Now, Floyd's of Leadville entered the team into the fellow games. Well, we don't know no if it's Floyd's way. of Leadville, but their team name is Kicked in the Wynats, which is pretty good. And they do have um, the guy from Yellow Lotto named Wynats. So anyway. Oh, so well, they're just big, so. big fans. Yeah. So, Alaphilippe, I thought he maybe he'd take the yellow jersey today. He didn't. Sagan comes around looking were, pretty good. Were either of you smart enough to put Alaphilippe on your Vela Games team? No, so as I've told you, Spencer, I had uh, phone technical problems and I couldn't scroll down. You're, you're not even on the list, so yeah, you're okay, not. I'm not I might not even be in the link, so no. Okay. Now, I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to put him on the team, but I was smart enough not to put Zacharin on the team, who lost a minute. Did any of you guys put Zacharin on your team? Did not. You know who else lost a minute? Contador. Alberto mm -hmm. Contador. So you know who else second. isn't, isn't going to matter? In a couple of weeks. When, Richie when Port? No, no. Well, no. Yeah, he, that's going to matter for him. Yeah. Was that Dr. the greatest? Contador is going to get that minute back, and so is Zachary, and I'm not worried. Was the greatest thing around when Richie Contador Port? Looks hurt. Were you guys a little excited when you found out that Richie Port lost a minute with the flat tire? I was. I was ready for TJ. I'm I'm all in on TJ now. I was excited about that. I'm, I think T, it would be great if TJ wins. Well, one, I have uh, TJ on my Vela Games team. Maybe. I, I tried to, at least, if I have a Vela Games team. Um, but two, we all know Port was only going to have two weeks in a max. Like, it's, it's good to get this out of the way and, yeah. and, and put the team leadership on TJ. As much as I've made fun of TJ in the past, he is a far superior Grand Tour now, rider to Port. Are you... Now, there was the Kaylee Fretz article on um, Velo News mm -hmm. with the five ridiculous questions, and they do say... Who can you beat in arm wrestling? They did ask the arm wrestling question, and two other Americans did say that they could beat T.J. Van Garder in an arm wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe we are onto something here. I could be the third American, is what you're saying. Uh, well, I mean, well, so I did next go, in line. I did go um, kayaking today, just to do upper body work, just to be on the safe side. You had um, a pretty good stroke out there. Thanks, thanks. I felt strong. I'm going to pay for it tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, I don't have uh, a match with TJ tomorrow. I figure we've got a couple weeks, at yeah. least, bare minimum. Well, he's, it's like the post-tour criteriums, but he's going to be yeah, on the, the post-tour, post-tour arm work. We're going to sort of travel around in the van together. So, um, now, it's pretty flat through Wednesday, right? Like, isn't it yeah. now there's like another four day, flat days? Is there, a, is there a rest day coming up anytime soon, or is that next Monday? Not seen. Not seen. I don't remember exactly which day. I don't know. Uh, to Spencer's point about the concertor, I don't know, man. Concertor looks like he's in a lot of pain. Two falls in two days. He was bleeding through his jersey at the finish line. Yeah. And no, he's not going to be a happy camper for a few days. I mean, ho- hopefully, like, to his point, it's flat enough that he can recover. But, like, oh. like, they, like uh, Vandeveld actually made a really good point, which is he's fallen on both sides. Yeah. There's nowhere good to sleep, you know? Like, that's that's a big deal. It's, like, yeah. being comfortable and being able to recover. I mean, you sleep hanging upside down from your weird bat thing that he probably sleeps from. Oh, yeah, he's a bat, I forgot. Yeah. So That's a good point. Speaking of sleep, did you see that they're going to be doing nighttime testing like waking people up but in the middle of the night do that why are they they've never done it in the middle of the night because they always said that that no. was like the time that they could like it's like a midnight to six rule or something yeah something oh. there's like a rule where they couldn't so like you know that's when they get out the coat hangers and, and See, hang it from the ceiling now, while i think that's good in a way i for one need my beauty sleep if i if somebody woke me up in the middle of the night that would affect my race the next day i feel like it would need to bullshit. be everybody they would need to like test like Everybody that but is the kind thing of the is, way I look that at makes it. it really shitty. I feel like is that it doesn't affect everyone in the same way. Like some people could wake up, but like that. What do you? How long is it going to take to do a test? Like if you wake up in the middle of the night, you're gonna have to fill some paperwork out. You're gonna have to pee or whatever. It's gonna probably take forty five minutes to an hour. Well, like maybe maybe they just sneak in and uh, get a little. No blood. Get a formula. I mean, well, all they got to do is just tap into the blood bag that's already taped that's on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just pull I just that out, like see what it is. They're vampires anyway, right? Yeah. Isn't that what everyone talks about? <laughs> but as much as that feels like a good idea, it feels like that really fucks up. Like sleeping is pretty important generally, well, and especially when you're doing a three-week grand tour, like the night before a mountain stage, and someone like so wakes you up for forty-five minutes, and then you got to do this test, and then you can't fall back asleep. So what you're saying is tours should be two weeks long. No, what I'm saying is, <laughs> as much as I understand that they're worried about doping, I feel like they shouldn't be waking people up in the middle of the night. Like well, that, I, that time should stand as a yeah, time. Yeah, I, I 100% sleep. agree with you. It makes it makes everything worse for everybody that has to deal with it. It's shitty. But they brought it on themselves, man. All these guys are doping well, themselves up. Did they? And hey, I mean, a guy like Bling Matthews, he didn't bring it on himself. Oh, hey, he just, why'd you have to bring that? They in? all. They brought We've it already brought up Cappy. Did you feel like you had to say something? Bling Matthews is the, you know, he's my sprinter on my Velo Games team. I'm all in on Bling Matthews. Um, do you, Gross. now, this whole doping thing, though, like, like Spencer's getting on, like, middle of the night, they brought it upon themselves. I don't know if all these younger guys brought it upon themselves. Well, I mean, cycling in general brought it upon itself, and now if you want to be at the top level, you're going to have to deal with this shit, too, because, hey... That's just how it is now. Like somebody else ruined the pool for you. Somebody, somebody got in the pool and peed in it before you got a chance to go swimming. Now you have to deal. It's true. I just, how does it even work out in terms though of like, whatever they they sign up for when they sign up for the testing protocol? Like if the 
previous precedent was that you couldn't be tested in this time. Is it like even possible for the <clears> testing for like WADA to be like we're changing that? You know, like that. That's yeah, what do you I think someone? If it's even so that's a good question. My question then would be like, what what rider is willing to actually put his name out there or her name out there and challenge like the right? Because then right away people are just going to yeah, assume the assumption of guilt. And it's now it's no longer innocent until proven guilty for yeah. any of these cyclists. Now it's like, oh, you're all doping. Like, even you're finding a way to beat the test because yeah. micro doping and all that. So, but people are, you know. And well, that, people people definitely are micro dosing, but I mean, I, I agree with most of the. Well, I'm starting to get I a like little. I like to believe that most of the reports now that like it's far far less than it used to be are true and accurate mm-hmm. and. This is the next step we have to take to really Maybe confirm with, that. Like, hasn't hey it been like thirteen years we've been having this conversation about cycling, and yeah. it's all like it's always running to the same thing on who's doping, who doesn't, and it's just depressing. But it's still like a part right. of the sport now yeah. that it's like. So now I just assume that they all are like begrudgingly just be like, oh, they're all doping. Maybe it's a little bit cleaner now, but. So if they test everybody in the middle of the night and they don't find anything, does that make you feel, like, more confident? Or not? No. No, it I just, mean, I guess it generally just makes me I'm with you guys. Like, it does do seem it. like a little violation. Like, it becomes that they're not even athletes anymore. It just becomes, like, there's this weird, like, they're just property. But, I mean, well, I don't know. It's I just, mean, there's certainly just, like, like, like I mean, even, like, Kreuziger, you know, sort of tried to challenge some things on, like, human rights things, didn't he? I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, people have made that argument in the past of, like, yeah, obviously you have to test and all these things, but, like, we're still people. Like, there's still labor laws, you know? This is still taking place in, in a country with fairly strict labor laws compared to other places, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so, like, uh, just generally in the EU, there are labor laws that, like, no other job would you really be able to be tested in any way so, like this if, if for any sort of drug thing and, like... Obviously, they, they, they have accepted that to some extent, but it has to be drawn at, well, at I think some point. Sporting is different than delivering the mail, you know what I mean? But did like, you guys, were yeah. you guys surprised that the Friday before the tour went by without, like, Amazing. news? Like, yeah, that's true. This is the first time, like, that's true. I was sitting here wondering, like, who on my Velo yeah. Games team I was going to have to immediately replace. That's yeah. true. And instead, we just had to replace Nasir Buhani because, as you guys talked about last week, because <laughs> he had to punch someone. Yeah. So. Which, by the way, as you guys were talking about, great podcast without me. Oh, thank you. But um, mm-hmm. felt like it went. But, felt easy. It went really smooth, yeah. and you know, like. But not good. having the like, editing was unbelievably easy. Well, but here's the question, though. Okay. To furthermore, is like, how does Buhani not have an entourage? How did none of these guys have an entourage? Because they're cyclists. Like. <laughs> like <laughs> does Chris Froome have an entourage? All I see was a picture of him on Instagram today with Prince Albert of Monaco. Like, I guess that would be a pretty well, cool you know, person to be your bag man. But, and here's I mean, the thing. Like, you, you always make fun of, like, Chris Froome for bringing the motorhome to the race and sleeping in that instead of the race-provided hotel. And then you hear a story like this, and you're like, well, maybe yeah, that's it not sense. such a bad idea. No, I mean, like, well, but, like, to that point, like, they're going to test in the middle of the night. And, like, what if Buhani was like, I can't sleep. This is, like, ruining my chances it's, of doing a good race It tomorrow. It, it is weird that they can do this testing in the middle of the night, like, without any type of, like, protection for the riders. And I don't know what it's going to take for me to ever think that these guys are clean. But I do like the spectacle of the sport. And at that point, yeah. like... I have enjoyed watching the last two stages, even though they've been miserably flat, except for the end today. It was pretty cool. But the, you you know, know, the rain like, made it exciting. The crazy roundabouts. It's still fun to watch. Made like, it exciting. 
It's yeah. still like they've been pretty good stages. I mean, I know we've only watched little so, bits in between, just like shredding. So the, the story hard. of the stage so yeah, far, yeah, the the two. Shredding. How about Bora Argon eighteen, mm-hmm. who the team highly rumored to be going away next year to be Bora specialized, with the creation of the Peter Sagan, uh, you know, super team Rafa Mika now being linked to him, you know. So now you've got all these Bora Argon guys literally racing for their jabs, and. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool to see both of them represented the break, Paul Voss. And that team just a few years ago was the NetApp Endura team, yeah. which three years ago was a, what, a continental team. Mm-hmm. So to see them kind of moving up through the ranks, pretty awesome. And now Will Sagan just totally ruined like, the flavor of that team. You know, that's like a superpower thing. I and don't it's, think he'll ruin the flavor. I mean, no, he'll make he it tasty and delicious. Yeah, he's going to give I mean, him the flavor. Well, no, that's the, like, the Jason Gay article in Wall Street Journal about how he's the rock star of cycling. Like, it's really cool to have Sagan. Like, he does so much. Yeah. The fear, though, is going to be like, is it too good to be true? And, and that's like something as cycling fans we always have to have in the background. But, oh, my God, Sagan is awesome. The podium shoes this week. He gets the yellow jersey. He gets the stage win. Last year we were worried about him like getting too many second places. And, like, is Oleg Tinkoff going to just fire him because he didn't want to pay for him because he couldn't win? So, good stuff. So, we're recording outdoors here in Vermont, and it is 4th of July weekend, so we may, we may, in addition to the crickets and other ambient noise, we may start to hear some fireworks out here, guys. Yeah, I think that... It's starting to get dark. The ski resort fireworks are going to start soon. So, do you guys want to critique, um, or, you know, is there... On the Velo games total, like, I mean, I had Bling Matthews. Just, was that good? No. Were you, like, did you, did my team just throw you guys for a total curveball? I don't remember who's all on yeah, your team. Because I, I thought you guys were going to, like, do a whole critique last episode of, of all the awesomeness that I had and who you accept, uh, expected, but I did go with Nairo, and that was, like, the best part for me. Well, we knew you'd go with Nairo. We always know that you'll go uh, with a few Movistar riders. Mm-hmm. There's there's no no surprise in that. The Bling Matthews thing frustrated me. The fact that you went with Bling and Spencer went with Simon Garrett. Yeah. Um, a little painful, guys. I feel like we're but, friends here. I but, feel like we've built a relationship so, that we've decided that these guys yeah. are are not our friends. But, I think Garrett's is fine. And I mean, the fact that he is an enemy of Michael Matthews should make him your friend, though. That's true. They do have that inner team uh, fighting going Do they not on. get along? They do not get along. Really? I, I believe they do not. I mean, remember there was all the polemics after Worlds. Uh, there was a lot, of, Worlds there was a lot how, of hurt feelings after Worlds. Oh, you know, each of them saying, like, oh, if we would have just sprinted for one rider, we could have yeah, had a better result. But they have oh, second right. and fifth or something. Yeah. And they were like, that was, that could have been a first place yeah. for Australia. But. I saw Bling in the, in the, in the um, airport the day after and he did not look very happy yeah. I saw a different member of Australian uh, the Australian team I don't remember who in the airport and he seemed you know pretty uh, non-pulsed about the whole situation now the Velo Games League once again brought to us by Grand Fondo New York they're going to yep. be providing a goodie bag they did that for the Giro yep. and now they're doing it for here so that's always great to see we have well over 100 contestants again yeah. So again, the Velo Games off to the, off to a great start. It's, it adds a little bit extra flavor of fun. Um, the real question was, were you willing to take the um, the pain of Chris Froome taking up twenty five percent of your budget? You got Team Sky. With, none of us with, did that, right? None no. of us did, and yeah, we did. We had way too much. last time we had a pact not to take Chris Froome. Yeah, no, we don't need and that. Pact we don't even need that pact. <laughs> so, you know, lots of lots of uh, 
questions so, there on who was going to take TJ. Little guy, uh, you take TJ. I didn't. I stayed as far away away. But um, Break my heart, Timmy. I thought you were coming around with TJ. So now, of course, the big thing here is that whoever loses has to read a uh, paragraph written by a uh, I mean, uh, I think at this point team. you just should say, when we lose, we're going to have to read a paragraph that Spencer wrote. Guys, well, TJ is yeah, I'm looking at lukewarm rides again, and while you do have Zacharin, who's a minute off, and Romain Bardet, who's actually going to be okay, you do have Sagan and Valverde, mm -hmm. and Kevin Powell's. Um, nope. Not Kevin Powell's? Nope, Serge Powell's. Serge Powell's, oh, okay. Not drive who's, side who there. Was top 15 last year, and uh, his lead-up races this year were far better than his lead-up races last year. You know, really the best... Yeah, year? he was 13th. The best pick. He sneak in? He snuck in. He's the, my that. sleeper pick. Six so points. the best... No, Six the best points. pick... The best pick that you have, Spencer, is Mentis. I think definitely a white jersey contender well, there. I, and I and told you guys that two weeks ago. He lost. That I was calling, that I was calling my shot today, and picking but, him. Yeah, he's a good pick. I think he'll come through. I mean, Bardet, Dumoulin, Zacharin... My, my Dimension Data, Powell's, and Stephen Cummings duo is going to get me some stage wins and some high placings. You guys look, what has Dumoulin done so far? Has he lost time yet? I don't actually know. I don't, I don't think, so. think it really matters. And then Valverde Garan's going to win all these little opening week stages with the uphill finishes. So you guys can so the kiss tour, your uh, The tour is a lot of fun. Goodbye. We also had Mountain Bike World Championships um, this weekend. What Leah one? Davidson of America or? got second. And we're going to talk a little bit about our own mountain bike experience um, in just a bit. But uh, I think we need to get right into the preem lap. And since we don't have a bell and we're at a mountain bike ring, resort, ring, ring. you know, what do, what do we do? I think we talk about beers maybe, and then we get going. Maybe these fireworks can be our, our so, bell. So the main the main deal on the uh, the preem lap this week is that it's brought to us by Michelin Bicycle Tires. That's right, they stepped up to sponsor the Slow Ride Podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network. And then Power Tires by Michelin, they come in four different models and they have sweet protection. Now I have called the Power Protection. It's a little bit more supple, a little bit reinforced sidewalls. It's going to be nice. But here's the important thing with Michelin, guys. Okay. Do you remember me rocking some Michelin Speediums back in the day? I do remember. That, that nice, glorious, cherry red tire that went nice with my messenger outfit. Mm -hmm. Everything looked great. <laughs> I got those in the cover of the um, Star Tribune, yeah. and it was yeah. awesome. And those were Michelin tires. And now they're sponsoring a podcast that I'm on. It's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Back when I was a messenger, actually, I bought a pair of, uh, set of wheels off eBay that I had been desperately seeking, um, built up with the Campy Atlanta 1996 wow, rims. Yeah. Uh, best rims ever. Uh, and I bought these wheels, and the guy shipped them to me. And they came with a set of uh, Michelin Pro 2s on them at the time. Awesome. I have some Pro 3s. And they're Pro threes. so good. They're great tires. They, I messengered on them uh, for a long time, and I expected, I was like, oh, they're roadie tires, whatever, I'm going to burn them out in a week. They lasted forever, and that was 10 years ago. So, so yeah, I can only imagine that this power range and the power protection that Michelin has in there now 
is an amazing tire. Yeah, their their racing clinchers have always been good to me. And yeah, same as you. I worked on them too. Like worked on the the, the straight up full on racing yeah, tires forever. Yeah. Like they should times. they shouldn't work as well as they do. Like no. it doesn't make any sense. And they're awesome. They're, and they're yeah. good in the wet, despite not being yeah being like a like a like a yeah. smooth looking tire. And you think no, and they're awesome in the wet. Well, here's the thing. It's the Michelin name, right? And the best part about Michelin is Babendium. Babendium is pretty Babendium great. is on several of our t-shirts that we all own from every alley cat out of Milwaukee. Yep. There's true. a guy at the cabin right now eating tacos down by the campfire wearing yep. a Babendium shirt. That's yep. true. <laughs> and it's like the greatest thing ever. And now they're sponsoring a podcast. And the best part is you can get them easily at any bike shop in the country because they're, you know, they're available um, very readily through uh, QBP. So just go into your bike shop, ask for some Michelin tires, know they support us. Yeah, they've got the spectrum. Tweet at them, let them know that you uh, support the uh, the pot. Also, yep. they'll tell you what restaurants are good. You can uh, you can check them Definitely out. Definitely a star. At Michelin Bike USA on Twitter, Michelin USA on Instagram, and on Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Please do so because they uh, they have really come through and, and supported our show and other shows on the network, as you'll be hearing uh, throughout the tour. So now, after that. I think it's very important, as we said, we're at a cabin. There's yep. about 11 of us staying here, and almost all of us are out mountain biking in the Kingdom Trails of northeastern Vermont, um, over 100 miles of single track. Now, it's been a while since all three of us have gone mountain biking, because little guy, you and I have gone mountain biking, but I don't yeah. really ever remember Spencer going mountain biking, except for that sweet mountain bike he had that had like the wheels that had like 90 spokes each. Do you remember that? And it was kind of a black and pink bike, a little full rigid. I just remember riding that bike once and Spencer telling me that the stem was only only one of the bolts or something was, was, was like the steer tube was too short or something yeah. weird. It had something that was not confidence in inspiring at all. The steer tube was cut too short. I wouldn't call that a mountain bike exactly. Whatever that was. Just, that was sort of a city no. around town commuter thing that I... I've been mountain biking with Spencer a lot. The thing is, you moved before Spencer. We got Spencer on mountain bike more. It was kind of like we all kind of like phased into it at the wrong time. So I rode with you more. You moved. And me and Spencer used to do Buck Hill every single week. Yeah. And ride mountain bikes all the time. But we didn't all mountain bike. So Spencer bike got faster? At the same time. Has Spencer gotten faster on mountain bike? I'd say so. Yeah. You look pretty fast out there. That's the best part about these trails is that like there's some good climbing so I can drop you all. On the climb, and then uh-huh. you guys can easily well, catch me of, about a hundred yards down the trail. You get a lot of practice with that in in Florida, I'm sure. Yeah, climbs. you know, it's it's the it's the sweet climbs. So we should tell you, we we were out riding yesterday, and and we some we went out today, but not always always together. But um, yesterday we definitely kind of fell into our old habits of um, racing up every single climb. Yeah. Despite the fact that uh, there's it, lots of looks it was never going discussed. On. It was just. The second the trail would open up into the teeniest <laughs> bit of double track or a wide corner, we would all try to pass each other. There's lots of elbows. Cut each other off. Um, uh-huh. We were sprinting for the tops of hills constantly. And um, hills, the, going up the hills isn't the fun part of the trails out here. No, but, <laughs> like, you know, I think but we were doing it wrong. We made it fun because we had fun <laughs> on the way down, but we all went at whatever pace we wanted to, and no yeah. one was, you know, like, so we all don't kill you, kill ourselves. We yeah. go down and... Uh, Either bomb it or take it slow. Whatever we needed to do, there's definitely ones I needed to take slower than others. So, um, but on the way up, we definitely fell into our old road racing ways. Yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of looks. We going were sprinting up. At one point, we were riding up a road. 
and there was many other people uh, riding up this road with us, many uh, people from Canada. And they seemed to think we were crazy. Yeah, they were yeah. like, Sakura Blue. Because everybody else <laughs> they, on a mountain bike out here is like, ugh, a hill. Let's just do this slow. And then 22 and, and spin, spin, spin. Eat a goo pack and yeah. just get ready to fucking rip downhill. And we were all like, we were all like looking at each other and kind of like rubbing elbows and then suddenly full on sprint um, <laughs> up the hill. Um, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so we got into it. Uh, Spencer brought his buddy in from Boston. To mm-hmm. come out to also he also was, fell right in line with our general yeah he was trying uh, to cut me our off general um, shut that door. demeanor of sprinting up every single yeah, freaking he, hill he, together. he seemed to uh, catch on real quick he got to, real quick to our program of there's a lot cutting of... each other off sprinting up hills <laughs> there's and generally being a jerk to each other there's a lot of doors getting shut there's a lot of uh, front brakes being grabbed yep uh, good times <laughs> as we were yeah, a lot of brake, brake checks yeah so um. Yeah, I'd say overall, I my favorite part about these trails is that, like, I think almost every... Well, there's a lot of mountain bike trails that we can all ride that have a good four or five miles, maybe, loop. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's a sweet little section. What's crazy about it here is that you've got, you know, almost 100 miles of awesome trail. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's a And lot it's of all fun. interconnected, so you don't, you don't do a loop, you know. You can kind of pick and choose and try different, you know, trails, and they all sort of connect back to... Um, somewhere else you can basically loop yourself around in in a hundred different ways and try different segments or or loop in ones you liked again but it's never the same run you know now i'm on a i rented a bike i rented a a trek fuel it was a little i've never ridden full suspension before so that was kind of new i usually just run a a single speed hardtail Um, as you guys remember that's what i even did at the 24 hours of afton now little guy you were on a uh um, I'm on a full suspension. Orbea, <laughs> I don't actually know what it is. Oi two or something. It's uh, it has a front shock, and it has. I think it's. I thought it counted as full suspension, but people keep telling me it's a soft tail, and I don't actually know where the line is. It's got 26 inch tail. wheels, right? Well, of course. What? <laughs> Wait, why would a mountain bike not have 26 inch wheels? <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, I. To me, it's full suspension. I actually uh, have to get big, big mad in pick his brain later and understand i borrowed the bike from him it's his old old bike yeah but um i don't know supposedly it's a soft tail but to me it feels like riding on a sofa down these ruddy climbs and stuff it's super plush so what you're saying is the 2003 technology is blowing your mind it's totally blowing my mind <laughs> it's crazy and this thing's got like uh, 1996 brakes though which makes me super happy okay it was yeah. it was that era of mountain bikes where they still had the V-brake posts, but also had the disc brake options. Do you feel there's a lot the of people I search for? Do you, yeah. search for mountain bikes. do you feel there's a lot of people looking at you weird, like when you get to the top of the trail and like, what are those things? I've had a lot of people give me funny looks, and the people at the bike shop were kind of weirdos about it because I I broke my seat collar, and they were asking me questions and looking at it funny and kind of pointing at it like, where are the discs? Where's the, well, one like they what were the hell? a little it's weird. Totally fine to ride on like what is what i have i don't even know how much travel i have in the front or the rear it's not a lot but like i haven't bottomed it out yeah. you know so i had that full suspension with the dropper post i dropped the dropper post i'm going down sidewinder which is the trail everyone talks about and then it compressed so much that since the rental bike had tubes and i had a saddlebag my saddlebag was running into the rear tire nice. so that was pretty interesting and then we come around the corner and then there's like a a snack shack in the middle of the woods and they're making grilled cheeses. That yep. was pretty awesome. Uh, 
they got it they got it pretty dialed in up here uh, yeah, a lot we of might people. have to make this uh, a semi-regular trip uh, if we can I mean, for this Florida kid, I was definitely showing you guys how to climb mountains. So you guys, uh, anytime you want to go to the hills, count me. But um, <laughs> uh, good times, oh, yeah. definitely up here. Mountain biking, a lot of fun. My favorite part about mountain biking, you don't have to worry about cars. It's true. Yeah, you never. I'd much rather like be worried about a tree. You know, trees hurt almost as bad as mountain bikes do. Now, did you did you go down yeah, this weekend? Do. Sorry. Did you go down this weekend, Spencer? I know. I actually have kept it upright. Uh, I almost went off a trail so once. So far, so good. Yeah. Off, of, off the side of the bridge, little wood plank bridge. But uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. I kept it together. You guys are acting like I was being crazy because I was freaking out about the bridges on Friday. But the bridges are the scariest thing. So this thing. is the part I want to talk about, little guy. I think that you did okay with the bridges. I mean, you you definitely <laughs> fell off one bridge, I but did I mean, fall off a bridge. I mean the bridges. I mean they're about the width of a sidewalk. So I was a little impressed that. Uh, the bridges freak me out, man. Even when they're not high. It's weird, though, right? Like, I mean, we all come from a road background, so we don't have a a ton of mountain bike experience. But you go from a single track, which is, you know, whatever, 12 inches wide or something, and it's fine. You don't even think about it. And then you go to a bridge that's also 12 inches wide, and all of a sudden, you're going to die. You're going to die. It feels really scary. And I I always feel like they're going to be more slippery, even when they're not. You know, even when it was dry. I just always worry that it's just gonna suddenly become. But super yeah, why? Slippery. Why suddenly can't my tire go straight anymore? Oh my god, it can't. <laughs> it's so frightening. I hate bridges. I hate bridges. I hate um, uh, teeter totters. All that shit. Yeah, I usually just give it the old blind faith, and I'm like, well, it wouldn't be here if it was gonna kill me. So. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a mountain bike course. It could be there to kill you. It's true. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff. Uh, a little before dinner, um, Spencer, me, and some folks went up. And rode up the side of the mountain across the street to the like. Uh, there's less trails over there, but they're longer. We rode up Moose this Alley. long road. Yeah, we rode, and that had a few rocks that could launch you to certain death. Um, <laughs> it, it could launch you or I to certain death. It had <laughs> it, it had an A line which could kill you and a B line which was still a little scary. Well, um, there were some things on that could kill you. That was. That was a super fun trail, but I definitely uh, grabbed a lot of break a few times to, like, inspect something before mm-hmm. I went down it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little weird. Probably a good call. I think know. it's a good call. But a lot of fun. I wanted to say one thing is that I heard that, um, so we all came out here, and it costs, like, it's like, 15 bucks a day or something it was. Yeah. To ride Kingdom Trails, which is yep. totally worth it. And I've, I don't think either of you have been up to uh, Copper Harbor area. No. To ride up in Michigan. I, I went up there a couple years ago. It's great. It's kind of a part of this, this. Maybe I didn't think it was quite as good. But it's awesome for people in Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin. It's awesome. I heard they're having money troubles. They don't really charge money. I don't know if they're doing a donation. I heard they might be trying to do something to like raise money to like, yeah. keep I the think... trails open. But I don't understand why they don't charge five, ten bucks a day. Cause, like, Trail pass, you know, it, I think it's worth it. It's like, worth it. I think most people would have ask. such a big network, you know, and like a useful trail system. Like, it allows you to, you know, cover some costs, obviously, but then, you know, probably pay your volunteers a little there's bit. There's nothing to wrong with a little. Trails. I was happily paying $15 a day to go yeah. ride these trails. And I'm yeah. sure there's How much do you pay for a movie for three hours? Right. Well, and like, I mean, yeah, obviously nobody wants to incur more costs, but like, if you're going to go on a trip that you're right. going to travel far to ride for like a couple days, 
you're willing to spend so 10, 15 bucks a day two right, things to, get, to do where you can ride all day in a place right. like Copper Harbor and some of those other places like it's totally worth it yeah. two things that strike some money in a donation first off you got else. like the trail pass so most of the trails are all clean almost yep. all of them are clean yep. second there's the trail ambassadors out there yeah. and we were riding through the middle of puddles that were fairly deep yeah. and they weren't yelling at us about the trails <laughs> being closed like the Minnesota mountain bikers it was yeah. pretty amazing there wasn't any like trails are closed they're wet like the trail Nazis these dudes were like hey guys how's it going you know what we're gonna drain this out and they, they were like had a shovel yeah. they're draining yeah. out the water and they were like high fives all around well also we rode down we rode down I think it was sidewinder maybe something and we were we did it okay but we didn't like hit anything and make any sweet do any sweet tabletops and we thought that last part couldn't be done right we turned around one of the ambassadors ripped down it and made it look freaking easy yeah, those yeah. guys could ride yeah oh yeah now speaking of mountain bikes we did get a um uh, an email to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com this one comes from grant okay. kepler and Grant was like, hey, I was actually hoping for an entire episode dedicated to Kleins last week, but instead you guys just talked about hanging them on the wall. Mine gets flogged daily on the commute in Sydney, nice. Australia. Nice. Did you guys, ah, so speaking of Klein, so here's the question. What was the coolest bike you saw this weekend? I saw a lot of garbage, like Rocky Mountains. <laughs> I'm just, the only reason I'm saying garbage is our friend is riding a Rocky Mountain, so we're yeah. just making fun of I gotta say, I Lots didn't of Rocky see Mountains. anything that cool because I don't like any bikes that were made in the last 15 years, so what I'm riding is the coolest bike. The most popular bike I've seen is a Giant, followed by Rocky Mountain. Those are the two biggest brands I've seen here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Canadians here, so there's a lot of... A lot of Rocky Mountains and Norcos, intensive. actually. A lot of Norcos, yeah. I saw a lot of Intense, a lot we of Da Vinci's. We saw the freaking KHS photo shoot or something. We, we assumed it was the KHS photo shoot because we've never seen so many KHSs in one place in our lives. That's kind um, of true. Though one of those dudes did have like a vintage-looking KHS jersey that was pretty pretty 90s true. and pretty sweet. Um, I don't know. what. We yeah. haven't seen anything cool. So, saw a lot of fat bikes. So that was pretty cool. Hey, so how about the fat bike that passed us and the guy looked really, really grumpy and then at the last possible minute yeah. he flashed a smile and said, hi guys, and yeah. then kept going and we were like, oh. I felt like we really had to work. I mean, there was five or six of us so we had to like pull that hello yeah, out of him. Did you feel that there was little kids ripping far better than you this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. That felt pretty Yeah, awesome. the future in mountain bike is strong. Yeah. Like, I gotta say the best bikes I've seen all weekend are just some of the bikes around here. Yeah, our bikes? The Rocky Mountains. crew. Yeah, there's some there's some Santa Cruises and stuff like yeah. the I don't know I haven't seen anything out on the trail that I thought was cooler than anything we brought. My new bike. This my new bike's pretty sweet. You're like a nine a niner. 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 Yeah. So, I don't. We did get one other question. It has to do with uh, Velo games that I didn't bring up earlier, and I do think that it does deserve a little bit of credence. And it's from. Uh, Michigan State Cycling, and okay. they email the Slow Ride Podcast Gmail dot com, and they say we're looking for advice putting together our Slow Ride Velo Games team. Which method do you suggest between the Stars and Scrubs method, or are you selecting more second tier GC guys, sprinters, and stage hunters? So you know, rather than just like a couple of stars mm -hmm. and scrubs, we'd like to hear from Spencer only on this one, if possible. <laughs> Thanks, the Good Michigan School, uh, not uh, or the Good Michigan School. MSU Spartan Cycling. So first off, where's the Michigan University of Michigan question? They didn't go. So Sparty, Sparty's getting the first uh, stab at him. So what do you got, Spencer? What do you go with? Um, so my Velo game strategy is usually to, uh, well, for the tour, 
it was to put Sagan on my team because he's going to win the green jersey, guaranteed. There's no way he's not. So I spent the money there. And uh, I pretty much had to ignore any GC guy over 20 points. Like, that's just too rich for my blood. I like to... I like to spread the wealth a little bit. I look for the, I want to definitely get the winner if I can, but, so I shoot for that like third to sixth place finishers, like Bardet, um, Belverde, those kind of guys, because they could very possibly win. Yeah. And so you go with big, the star, the star I'm looking, support scrubs. I'm looking for. Because Sagan's your star. Yeah, he's going to be, he's my points guarantee. And then I'm going for. You know, the solid return on points. You know, I'm not spending 26 points or whatever on Froome, but 14 on Valverde to be like one or two spots behind him, that's pretty good value. Yeah. And then I'd fill in with a bunch of 10 and 12-point guys so, uh, like Alaphilippe and uh, and some stage win hunters like uh, Simon Gerrans. So I think it'd be really good, Spencer, if you and I um, describe the little guy model mm-hmm. of Velo Games. Okay. And this is pretty much it. Are you ready? Let's see if you can nail it. Okay, so look for some um, good GC guys, solid GC guys, maybe like the Tony Gallopans of the world, like kind of that, you know. But nobody. Spencer claims he's a GC. Like, like maybe just like, you know. Nobody that's too good or nobody that you hate. Yeah, just like a classic little guy. I can't you know, like people I don't like. And then, and then you're sitting there and you're like, you got six points left. You got six points left and you're like, crap, I need a sprinter. Because yep. I don't get a sprinter. And then you're like, aha, French sprinter, which is like six points. Bryce, Bryce Cocard. And you're like, oh, man, I've totally got this. Is Didn't that pretty much it? Did you last year? Did I? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember these I things. I think you did, yeah. So I don't even know who he is. <laughs> uh, well, th- this year, like I said, um, my f- my phone wasn't allowing me to scroll down on any of the uh, categories. So I did I did have a problem where I initially tried to pick, like, You have Sagan. a lot of guys named Albacini, well, <laughs> the, the problem was you have, you, have the, you have the three wild cards, and the way it displays, it displays the eight-pointers first. I couldn't scroll down, so I had to pick only eight-pointers. So I had to actually uh, lessen my GC rider's abilities <laughs> and pick a guy Sorry. like TJ as opposed to, like, Contador. So at this point, you're just saying, Tim, we're depending on you to beat Spencer in the yeah. games. Yeah, okay. Tim, please help. It's well, not working so far. Well, we're, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping my weird team actually uh, comes through and it changes the model. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited for the tour. I'm excited for Velo Games. I'm excited to win. I'm excited to mountain bike, even though i got to fly home tomorrow. And uh, I might take the mountain bike out. Sarah's talking about going to start riding some mountain bikes after she saw the fun we're having. Nice. Um, Spencer, you started geocaching, so that was an important thing for you. And uh, other than that, I think it's a pretty successful trip. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Canada after this. Yeah, that'll be exciting. That's going to be successful. Is there any Canadians in the race this year? Is that Duchenne's guy, right? An- I don't know. Anthony Duchenne's. Is he red for Direct uh, Energy? Direct Energy? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That Could could that be the only Canadian in the Tour de France? Well, Heshtal. Oh, nope. Not happening. Uh, yeah, we hey, don't know. We can't look so it up. So Tell me you guys went Contador crashed yesterday yeah and he was off the back and they gave him like the silver bike yeah did tell me for a split second you were like that's probably a motored bike i just thought man is that aluminum <laughs> yeah that, that's finally <laughs> finally someone's bringing some metal back into the race i figured it was one of those specialized uh crit bikes the aluminum ones they sell now that don't have front derailleur tabs i figured it was one of those so with that 
unless you guys have anything else, I think we should bring this episode to a close. The 113th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'd like to thank Michelin for being our Michelin Bicycle Tires for being our premium lap sponsor. And we'd like to thank the Wide Angle Podium Network, a great podium or a great podcast network of five podcasts, including the Adam Meyerson Show, the Honest Bicycle Program. We've got Kids Don't Follow and Crosshairs, and Crosshairs is going back over to Europe to do some more mountain bike coverage, which I'm really liking. So if Crosshairs Cyclocross Pacific, but I think there's going to start being some mountain bike coverage on the podcast, so make sure you listen to that. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to learn more. Think of it like NPR, but for podcasts, and we'd like to thank your support for that, and you can get some great bonus material. And we'd also like to make sure that you're waving at all your fellow cyclists. My arm, my left arm is a little tired this week, guys, because mountain bikers waving a lot. They are the, waving a lot. The surprising amount. The return on investment in waves out here is like almost one to one. Like, yeah, it's pretty great. Well, cool. That's it. All right. Get on the road. Said, work together. Work together. Get a job. Yeah. I didn't hear any of that on the mountain bike trail. That's weird. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.